And I am thrilled to be joined in the studio by Cruz Ann McCalligan. Hi, Cruz. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. I'm and good. I'm very excited to um, hear what we're going to talk about today. Yes. I actually know, but <laughs> here it is. Ta-da. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the sound of music. Not like actually the sound of music. We're talking about the sound of music the as in the film. Alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's because, um, I don't know if you saw this recently, but Lonely Planet, want, they released their top 10 cities of the world to visit uh-huh, just recently. Yeah, I did see that. And on the list was Salzburg, Austria, which okay. is famous for the sound of music as being the place right. where you know, the story came from and where they where they filmed where they filmed the movie and i have a friend who recently visited it and she's quite a musical theatrical kind of person and her facebook page is now like full of videos of her just twirling in fields and <laughs> i think that, it's, wearing like yeah just whatever yeah, yeah just screaming at the top of her lungs and <laughs> i think there's a part of all of us that have you really lived if you haven't in your best falsetto sung how do you solve a problem like Marie? Right. if you haven't done that I really think you're missing out on something, right? You know, and it was an, it was, it's the fifth highest grossing film of all time, really? The Sound of Music. Okay, how was, many times have you seen it? Oh, I, I wouldn't say I've seen it like over and over and over again. I'm not like, it's like Grease. It's not like one of those movies right. I've watched. All, I think I could probably remember five distinct occasions I may have watched it, but not always in its entirety in one sitting. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yes. But it leaves an impact, right? And it was, okay, so it was released in 1965 and it was so popular then it, when it was released that it actually ran on unbroken release at the cinema worldwide for four and a half years. Oh my goodness. There are not many movies. Four and a half That's years. A it was just time. playing and playing. It's like, what do you want to see? There's all these new movies coming up, but there's still the sound of music, yeah. you know? And and I think that's quite a remarkable thing. And so I was looking into it a little bit um, because, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a diehard fan of the film. Right. I mean, I'm like, it's a classic, yes. you know, it's a great, it's a great film. It's a great family movie. It's a great family movie. And I think I was actually a little bit disappointed I'm a script writer by trade and I was, you know, I always thought it was just somebody's genius idea for a story, you know, oh. that it was just this, you know, like, what if this had Someone happened came up kind of it. thing. Right. But it does have these sort of kernels of truth to it, mm-hmm. um, which when I looked into it a little bit more, I kind of came across, you know, where this story was inspired by and stuff. And it's really anticlimactical, actually. Oh. It's kind of upsetting because it's not, obviously, it's not as romantic and amazing as the movie you know as that's obviously going to be the case um but of course the the film the film the film that we all know was an adaptation of the 1959 rogers and hammerstein musical which had the same name so it was originally a musical like i didn't know all of these things because disclaimer i was not alive at this time so fair enough yeah yeah so I, i don't remember any of this happening so of course and um the musical was based on based on a a book by a lady called Maria von Trapp called The Story of the Trapp Family Singers. And um, so Johannes uh, von Trapp, who was their youngest son, he has a quote that says, this is a Hollywood version of the Broadway version of the German film version of the book that my mother wrote. So it's not even that. It's it's kind of derivative. It's very derivative. (laughs) Um, But of course, it's really interesting um, that the film's producer, a man called Robert Wise, said the von Trapps... said to the Von Trapp family because they were alive when he made this film he said I'm not making you a a documentary Mm. about you I'm making a very dramatic film which we can all be proud of and maybe you look you know like one of those things like we always look back on our lives with a much more cinematic lens than they probably had at the time than it actually was absolutely um so the core the core of the film the core of the film is kind of true so there was a 19 year old Maria Von Trapp 
okay. which I didn't really think 19 years old in the movie she was 19 but she was she was 19 years old and she was in training to become a nun at the Salzburg Abbey so there right. was a real person that happened and the um, the Abbey did send her to be a tutor to the children of a widowed naval commander Georges von Trapp so she was she was sent to be the you know the like the nanny the tutor whatever that was that so that part is true and the family did become known as the von trapp family choir um and they left they did leave their homeland around the same time of the german annexation of austria so they did this there are kernels there are kernels of truth but there are some real differences as well so um and i'm just this is going to be a spoiler because it doesn't make the movie sound as romantic when you read this so um george was um about 25 years older than Maria when they married in the Ooh. late 1920s rather than the late 1930s which the, the movie suggests and Maria was actually very clear about her real feelings for George she said I was really and truly not in love with him oh. I liked him but I did not love him but I loved the children so in a way I really married the children so that was kind of her she wasn't this she it wasn't, wasn't this romantic thing of this eccentric personality falling in love with a stiff upper lip army officer which is brilliant cinema yes. but unfortunately wasn't the truth for the actual story and apparently um uh, you know that they, they they did have their own children together as well so oh. it wasn't just she wasn't just, just a stepmom right. she had her own kids um but it was actually the collapse of the bank holding the family's finances that led to their success as a touring singing act so it wasn't sort of it was actually desperation that oh. they kind of created this talent pool between not inspiration. them. inspiration. <laughs> yeah, and George was incredibly embarrassed about it. He was not very proud of the fact that they were reduced to performing monkeys, <laughs> oh, you know, dear. as the Von Trapp family singers. And, um, but yeah, so they, and, and they did, as I mentioned, they did flee Austria when the Nazi party were trying, um, they did, and the Nazi party tried to rec um, recruit George to the German Navy. So all those kinds of things, there was mm -hmm. kind of similarities, but they did not walk across the mountains to Switzerland, which was the end of the film. That they didn't. Epic. I'm so they disappointed. They didn't do it. They, um, they caught a train to Italy and then they went to the US. So it was not as exciting. Oh, yeah, I guess. Um, train just doesn't have the same visual effect as walking across the mountains right absolutely absolutely and um but yeah so then there's there's a lot of this so this it's quite an incredible sort of film that it's kind of captured public sentiment that we think you know it's this incredible and i find that actually i prefer not realizing it was based right. on a true story i and think it, i would like it to just be something somebody conjured up and right uh, the amazing thing of course is um of people of a certain age um myself included there are so many songs from that movie that we know off by heart just because we've of heard course. them so many times but shall, i think even now yeah shall we play one of them yeah let's play i've one got of them. this one specially for you <laughs> here it is from the sound of music it's maria how do you solve a problem like maria how do you catch a cloud and pin it down how do you find a word that means maria a flippity gibbet a will-o'-the-wisp a clown many a thing you know you'd like to tell her Many a thing she ought to understand But how do you make her stay And listen to all you say How do you keep a wave upon the sand Oh, how do you solve a problem like Maria How do you hold a moon in your hand 
Okay, so everyone's <laughs> going to be humming that for the rest of the day <laughs> and the rest of the week. You've planted a big earworm Sorry, there everyone. across Hong Kong. And I don't think you should apologise for it, really. <laughs> I think that's that's a gift at this, pro- this point in time to have a bit of a sing-song. Um, interestingly, apparently um, another like just shattering the illusions of the sound of music Maria wasn't the one who taught the Von Trapp children to sing either no a visiting priest who was quite young came to the villa and he heard them singing already in four part harmony um, and then he started teaching them more things and then other people taught them other things so she wasn't really she wasn't really like you know she wasn't the that, music. No, she wasn't. She wasn't everything. Yeah. She was kind of a, a, you know, metaphor for all these other people that had come into their lives and and done things with them. But I am happy to hear that the, you know, the I am sixteen going yes, on that okay, that song. Yes, so Liesel, Liesel, which yes. was like I think probably there's probably a lot of Liesels born after that movie, don't you think? There must oh, be. Yeah, there you're absolutely been, right. There right? must be. Tons, there must be tons yeah. of Liesels. Um, so that that story of Liesel and Rolf, mm-hmm. um, the telegraph delivery boy turned Nazi, um, that was that was the writers. So that was an original subplot that didn't really happen okay. in real life. And I'm glad because that's you know gives it a bit of it gives it a bit of theatre drama, bit of drama, bit of drama. And apparently in real life, Maria was the taskmaster, and the Baron George was actually a really big softy. Ooh. So she was the one who set priorities, managed finances, determined the artistic direction of the singing group. And she was, you know, she was dictating all of these sorts of things. And his his um, his role was his performing role was largely limited to being introduced to the audience before the finale. Um, so it's like, oh, and by the way, there's a man in the family. Here he is. And um, <laughs> he attended to domestic details and really provided the soft moral support for the whole group. Really? So it's so quite the interesting. Opposite of what he was like in the movie. Absolutely. So again, I think like they did some they did some definite. Some, they did some gender stereotyping. They did some very. Took a lot of shortcuts and probably caused lots of problems for generations of men. But <laughs> but at the time, it was interesting to watch in a film. Um, so it's it's really interesting. And um, but of course, it was so. And you know, you've got you know the amazing Julia Andrews. Yes. I mean, who's just she's, like you don't you just want to meet her. Yeah, you know, you just want to have so a cup of tea with her. I have, have you? Sorry, I, have you actually, met her? I have, no, but um, where I holiday in the US, we have a good friend who is Julie Andrews' assistant. Wow! And she's in this town called Sag Harbor, and this friend of ours um, does her everyday, you know, <gasps> secretarial. Oh my goodness! Admin Does she stuff. love her job? Yeah, she loves. Does she her say job. that she likes she, Julie? Tell me, yeah, Julie's she says like Julie's that. wonderful. Oh really? She's really a lovely oh, okay. person. That makes me very happy, Karen. I really needed to hear that Julie Andrews was because a lot of the th- things about the sound of music are false. So I really needed to hear that Julie Andrews is as lovely, um, which is great. Um, but yeah, and so there's all these, um, there's all these like things that the movie created. But of course, like Austrian culture. Is pretty. It's not German culture. It's Austrian culture. It's different. You know, like we know this. Cultures from different countries right. are different, and it created a lot of stereotypes about what people thought Austrian culture was. For example, like you know, in the song "My Favorite Things," mm-hmm. um, no one actually eats schnitzel with noodles in Austria. That's not a. That's oh, not. A, okay. That's not a meal. Um, so that was, you know, that just a fun thing to write. It but I'm, rhymed, I'm also probably. guessing there were a lot of different ages of children, and some of them were toddlers. So I'm betting someone ate schnitzel with noodles, even like, if only accidentally. Yeah. 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 Um, they also hilariously in 1984. Um, the Reagan White House thought that Edelweiss was actually the Austrian national anthem oh, no. because it was such a popular song after the film. And it was, you know, that they, they, they played it to honour the Austrian president, Rudolf Kirschlanger, during a state visit in 1984. Um, and 
it was also attended by the Baroness Maria von Trapp, who was incredibly amused by the mistake, but was like, oh, I can imagine. You've, you've messed up here a little bit, because this is not the national anthem oh, of this country. Oh, gosh, oops. Um, but yeah, so it was, and apparently the original Broadway um, showing was it was panned, so nobody really liked the Broadway show. So it was so funny. So um, the, Walter Kerr of the Herald Tribune at the time said, "Before it is halfway through its promising chores, it becomes not only too sweet for words, but almost too sweet for music." As in, like this is just like a saccharine, saccharine, sickeningly twee jumping around in the Austrian Alps. Which I can understand now why the writers with the movie decided to decided to properly you know write this kind of slight dark undertone mm. to it you know like yes. to make it a little bit grittier yes. because just a whole bunch of kids running around in curtains and clothes singing is, and singing yeah. is a bit too twee right and um apparently this did um this created like um uh, one of the one of the writers there was a bad review of the sound of music and it changed that writer's career so um this writer, Pauline Kale, wrote for McCall's, which was a women's magazine. She said the film was a sugar-coated lie that people seemed to want to eat. Wasn't there perhaps one little Von Trapp who didn't want to sing his head off or got who got nervous and threw up if he had to get on stage? So they were saying, like, you know, how dare you? You know, she was like, well, it was too saccharine. So she was obviously a, like, a bit of a bitter old lady, right. okay? But she was just saying, um, you know, um, people decided for her, demanded she was fired, for for writing this bad oh, review, really? which I'm like, okay, you know, all opinions are welcome yeah. in freedom critic, of speech yeah. if you're a critic. But she then, so she left her job writing for this happy, happy, clappy woman's magazine because they were like, how dare you pan the sound of music? And then started writing for the New Yorker, where she became one of the film world's most eminent and respected critics. Really? So it like totally changed her career. For and the she better. was like, she's like, I found that my like inability to get with the program. <laughs> has actually made me a more successful um and a more successful person um interestingly we have a bit of a hong kong connection to the the sound of music as well yeah so apparently in hong kong the sound of music um was titled so when they did the title for the showing here Mm -hmm. it translated to fairy music blow fragrant place place here okay (laughs) which i don't know how that sounds in cantonese no Apparently, yeah. So it was actually they called it. By the, it sounds pretty magical. The sound of music. It was like we don't really have something for that here. We don't kind of do this. We don't really get this, um, which I think is absolutely hilarious because you know I and, would love to see if there's a poster around for that. Oh, I there know. There must be someone. There must be someone's got to have it. Someone's got to have a poster for it. Um, in in um, very literal-minded Argentina, it was known as the rebellious novice. That's what it was called. <laughs> and in West Germany, it was released with the title My Song, My Dream, which I'm not really that much of a fan of. Um, the Sound of Music, obviously, has been a, hit, a smash hit everywhere it has been released, except for Austria. Oh, really? Yeah, so this is the so, really interesting oh. thing. So in Austria, the movie only ran for three weeks in 1965, and it was not shown on television there until 2000. No way. Till to the year two, 2000? Until the year 2000. And... One theory is that Austrians disliked the musical's Americanized portrayal of their culture okay. and that others have speculated that people objected to the show's depiction of the Nazi occupation, which is a very painful part of their history. So they're like, you know, you've kind of made it this thing that you're not really capturing the nuances of it by giving it eight minutes at the end of the film sort right. of thing, you know. Um, so it's quite, so that's quite a, quite an interesting that's quite an yeah, interesting little tidbit that that, that it didn't was really happen. rejected by Austria. Yeah, so it's it's um I think I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 tempted after reading about it. I am really tempted to 
go watch it again especially with hearing things like you know julie andrews apparently kept falling over during the mountain scenes this was the day before big rigs and it was a helicopter and the force of the propellers kept knocking her over so she was running and singing the hills are alive and kept getting falling over on the grass that's hilarious um, um, hopefully there's outtakes somewhere maybe someone will put them on youtube one day yeah that yeah would be great absolutely and i mean again um you know you want to think there's some happy things like, you know, Julie Andrews apparently learned yodeling from the real, real Maria von Trapp. Oh. So that's a nice little thing. But then Christopher Plummer, who played George, yeah. um, apparently hated the movie and he used to call it The Sound of Mucus because it was so <laughs> awful and sentimental and gooey. Um, and he uh, apparently he hated working on it. Like, this is how cynical, how cynical do you have to be to not just throw yourself into no, it, right? Exactly. That he drank and ate away his sorrows while they were in Salzburg in Austria filming this this movie he just was just you know in between scenes just gorging himself gorging george i think is probably a good wow. term for him that must be hard to act in a movie that you actually hate yes i, mean, I know but then i mean you're getting paid for it right yeah. you know we've all had jobs you're not that much of a yes, fan and yes. grin and bear it and um but apparently this caused him to gain so much weight that his costumes had to keep being let out so um so yeah so <laughs> if you watch i'm gonna watch it closer now to see if he fluctuates in size to, i'm gonna watch it again too because there's so much backstory yeah, I know. It's it's. I mean, there's so much backstory, and I think um, I think it's it's yeah. And I'm not even touching it. You should really look it up. There's so much more. There's so much about the movie that went on. It was a whole. It's a cultural phenomenon, and it's still around today. And Doa Deer is still a, a song that makes us feel like we know how to sing. <laughs> right, true. This is how you learn music, right? By yeah. by by learning exactly do a exactly do re me absolutely so i think it's um yes i'm gonna watch it again i'm not saying again i'm not a diehard sound of music fan but i thought it'd be interesting to chat about it was fascinating mm. cruise i think we're all gonna go home and we know we know what we're gonna watch crack tonight. out your falsetto in the shower exactly <laughs> thanks so much for coming in no worries and we'll see you again next week you will